Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Vanished in the Valley. I am Athena and I am your host today. All alone again, social distancing myself, even against Ken. It's crazy out here in California, let me tell you. Um, I'm one of the lucky ones. I still get to work and I've been advised I have to carry like a pay stub around in case the police or the quote-unquote authorities stop me to so flash my pay stub and go on my way. But we are back for another episode. Last week we talked about Thomas Thurston and how he vanished while allegedly camping with his friend that had to remain nameless. Um, this is the first case that I've come upon that is like an internet black hole. There's no information on this case other than what I've told you. It's all basically saying the exact same story. So it looks like one reporter maybe got a hold of the police report and kind of put that his description of it online. Uh, I've heard and I've been told that the police department in Ukiah are super tight-lipped about it and don't really answer any questions when asked by either reporters or basically anybody asking about it. So I try to find his family and they're just like not there. So I'm kind of at a loss what to do at this point. Uh, I put a call in to the Ukiah detective, but that was just today, so I haven't actually heard back from him or anything. I'm not sure if I will, so I don't know. But like I said on last uh, week's episode, I don't think he's missing. I don't think he even got to the camping spot. And I, I wonder if the police think that too. It's just like, what happened to Thomas? If anybody knows, has any idea what happened to Thomas Thurston in Ukiah, please let us know. Because it's just a black hole of information. I can't find anything out. I can't even find his relatives. So, you know the spot. Vanishedinthevalley at gmail.com, Facebook or Instagram. Let me know. And then, I got a, oh, I made a mistake last week too. So, I was telling you guys the story of the oldest cold case. And it was about the two bodies they found of a 13 and 14 year old boy and girl. I was totally wrong. I said it was in Humboldt County and it was actually in Mendocino County. So, had to correct that one. Oopsie, my bad. But anyway, I've decided we're going to dig deep back into McLeod. Uh, back to Hannah, Zach Galini, and Karen Marrow. I had a couple listeners contact me, and oh wow, guys, they gave me some information. So, get ready to hear about tweakers, psychic Sylvia Brown, uh, and police that are in cahoots. What's with the police in cahoots with meth people? Just, what's going on? But anyway, let me catch everyone up in case they missed last episode. We are talking about two women that disappeared in the late 90s from a small little town in Northern California called McLeod. Now, they're super, super small. As of the last census, 2010, they had 1,101 people. And let me just break down the demographics for you so you kind of have an idea what we're dealing with. So, 94% of the people are white. That's 1,039 people. There's eight black people, ten Native Americans, six Asians, five Pacific Islanders, 
and 33 that identify as mixed race. So we're talking about super white bread town. And everything that I can kind of find about it on the internet says that it used to be like a prosperous mining slash logging town way, way, way back in the day. And eventually those industries kind of dried up and now most of the citizens uh, basically have no visible means of support. So they either live off like, you know, disability checks or government support, something like that. Or, you know, black market underground stuff. Because they are up there on the border of the Emerald Triangle. So, perfect area to grow marijuana. Um, and another cool thing I found out about McLeod is there's a Hearst Castle up there. And it's right on the river. It's so gorgeous. If you go online and look it up, you can like... Oh, it's just, I don't know. Words can't even describe how gorgeous it is. It's a private residence, so there's no tours or anything, but you can kayak right in front of it. It's literally, like, on the river. Um, they just say don't go on the shore or anything, obviously, because it's a private home, and, you know, who wants a bunch of strangers creeping around your house? But I've heard that there's, like, secret underground tunnels that connect different buildings in the area, because it almost kind of looks like a small village. There's, like, the big castle and then some outbuildings. So I've been told that the underground tunnels hide sinister actions from the crazy people in McLeod. <laughs> but who knows? Yeah, McLeod is, yeah, it's in California, but it's so north, it's almost culturally like Oregon. It's just way out there. Uh, it's a beautiful little town. If you were just to see a picture of it, you'd be like, oh, wow, that's super quaint. But once you get past that surface... I'm told it's, you know, full of depressed people, people on meth, just kind of a scuzzy little town. So like I said, I'm going to catch you up. Hannah Zaccagalini was a 15-year-old girl who lived in McLeod with her mother and siblings. And one night, June 4th, 1997, she is at her boyfriend's house. We'll just call him Dan. And that night, the, the night she disappears they had actually broken up. His family was moving to Nevada and she was kind of upset and she said to him, well, don't think I'm going to be here when you get back. And she left. So it's, I've read, it's like a block and a half, two blocks from her mother's residence. And in that space, you know, what is, it's not even a mile. It's not even a quarter mile. She disappears. So somehow, though, I don't know if a witness came forward or what, but word got to the police that she was last seen with a man named Henline, whose house is actually like right next to her mom's house. So he literally, he tells the police, no, that's not true. I've never seen her, blah, blah, blah. Um, he even borrows Hannah's mother's van the next day, runs some errands, returns it all cleaned. Um, and I guess they're not known for being, like, the cleanest, most upstanding people in the world. But, whatever. I'm about to tell you all kinds of crazy stuff that I've been told from the people that live in McLeod. And there's, like, this level of fear coming from a lot of the people I've talked to. They don't want their names used because they're afraid of retaliation. And I find that's, like, a re reoccurring theme here. Like, nobody... I don't know. They just, it seems like these towns let 
a couple of scuzzballs just like rule everyone and dictate what's going to happen and who can say what. So that's what's happening here. People don't want their names used because they're afraid this tweaker guy, this alleged tweaker guy, I should say, is going to do something. Because they they have done stuff in the past. I've heard they've killed animals. I've heard that they've threatened people's lives. And these people are convicted felons. Like, if you look up their record online, they've got weapons charges, they've got drug charges, yes, and others. So, like I'm saying, I, I think there actually is a real threat, and I would, I'm 100% respecting the people who want to remain anonymous. Um, and I've always done that. I don't ever give away a name if somebody doesn't want that said. So, the people that I'm speaking to say what happened to Hannah that night allegedly <laughs> there's my favorite word I'm gonna start counting how many times to say allegedly in every episode so allegedly Hannah I guess goes into this house and she's hanging out there for a while and word is that she was injected with a drug and overdosed and died right then and there so instead of calling the police or an ambulance like a normal human they wrap her up in a carpet and dump her body. So, I've heard variations on the story of her mom was present when it happened and that she was buried on the property but then moved somewhere else in the forest. So, it's really hard to say what the truth is. And, like I said in the last episode, the Sheriff's Department and the FBI did a pretty thorough search. I mean, they had dogs there. They had the dogs that can smell corpses. You know, they went all out. They lifted up the house trying to find this girl. Um, but unfortunately, they waited several months to do that. And in that time, these people were able to burn down a literal whole houseboat that was dry docked on their property. Can you imagine? Like, who the hell burns down a... A houseboat. We can't even have, like, fireplace fires out here. You get the damn death penalty for that in the Bay Area. But up there, they can burn down whole houseboats? What's going on, Siskiyou County? So, yeah. Who knows what was on the life... Or the lifeboat. Who knows what was on the houseboat? But it's gone. And I don't know. I don't know if fire would destroy scent so much that the dogs couldn't smell it. I guess I'd have to ask a dog expert there. I'm not that kind of a dog expert. <laughs> um, but, yeah, what was that? whatever was in that boat is gone. And so one of the rumors is that the other missing woman, Karen Marrow, was killed in that uh, houseboat. And the reason for burning it down, obviously, is to get rid of the evidence. That was gone. The FBI comes, lifts up the house, pulls out all the stops, you know, gets the dogs, searches not just their property, but different spots in McLeod, because like I said, the rumor is she was dumped somewhere in the forest. And so for people that aren't really familiar with Northern California, it's literally just like mountains, rivers, forests. It's, it's crazy. Like, if you go on the coast, it's like a Pacific rainforest, and it's gorgeous. We have the redwoods over there, and some of those trees are over a thousand years old. It's gorgeous. Um, and then just east you go from the coast, it just, it gets a little drier, but it's still like the forest proper. 
So it's rugged living. It's beautiful, but it's vast. And I would say pretty easy to hide a body. You could literally just drive out on some logging road and, you know, hike out a mile any direction and do what you got to do to hide the body. And I think that's what's happening. So, I mean, if you get to the point where you are accused of, you know, being responsible for two different women missing, I bet there's more. You don't just, you know, and I'm sure there's other horrible crimes too. You don't just start off with killing people. So, yeah, if you, you know, if we're at murder at this point, what else has happened? His house, the Henline house, um, is allegedly known as kind of like a drug house or a party house. Apparently, the police know about it, but I've been told that back then, back in the 90s, the chief of police and Edward Henline had gone to high school together so he kind of got a pass. So that might be part of the reason the town people there are kind of afraid of him. They might think that he has the protection of the law. And see, so we kind of ran into that when we were exploring Redding and their, like, scummy tree of suck. When we had the guy whose alias I named, uh, what was it, oh, Donald Woolencloth. The whole town in Redding was afraid of him. So we've got that going on here in McLeod, just on a smaller scale, because there's only a thousand people. Now, like I said earlier, some of the rumors state that Hannah's mom was at the house when she was injected with these drugs and died, and is just trying to, like, play it off. Um, I don't know. I don't think I believe that rumor, but she has said that, I guess... Hannah's mom stated in an interview, I think it was like with the Shasta Times, that she feels the investigation wasn't really taken serious at the beginning, and she feels it was that way because the rumors in that town said that she was a drug dealer. And at first, the police in McLeod said that Hannah was a runaway. And quickly they saw there was no evidence of this. She, you know, she had left... Her purse there, all of her money was there, her backpack. Uh, apparently she was a really good musician and her bass guitar was left at the house and everyone that knows her says she would not have left her bass guitar there. So speaking of her bass guitar, <laughs> this, get ready for this, this is wild. So she had a music teacher in her high school that just absolutely adored her. I actually tried to get a hold of her. Um, her name is Sue, but I haven't heard back yet. But apparently, she hired psychic Sylvia Brown to come out and do a reading to figure out what had happened to Hannah and possibly Karen. And what I've heard is Sylvia went out there and did her reading, and she said that Hannah was somewhere in the forest by a water tower. So, I mean, no body or nothing was actually found of that. But I want to know how much that cost. Doesn't that chick, like, charge, like, $1,800 an hour or something ridiculously high? Um, all I know is she's told Amanda Berry, who was another kidnapping victim, she told her mom that Amanda Berry was dead. And Amanda Berry was actually kidnapped and basically held prisoner by some pervert for 10 years. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't know about psychic Sylvia Brown. Montel Williams seemed to like her, but I just don't know. And I think she's dead, so I don't want to talk shit about the dead. So, my bad. We'll move on. 
So these women are missing. Uh, the headlines, uh, Deborah and Edward, and Edward Jr., were all at one point charged with variations of a murder charge, like conspiracy, stuff like that. But the district attorney dropped the charges. He's saying no body, no case. So, because there's no evidence, no body, no DNA, no forensic, nothing like that, he just doesn't feel like he could go to trial and win this. So, I don't know, I'm not a district attorney, I'm not an attorney at all, I don't understand half of our laws or our justice system. To me, it seems like if you have money, then the laws bend. But, uh, these people don't have money. But, allegedly, they have law enforcement connections. So sometimes I guess that's just enough. So, you know, we're going on 20 years, or a little more than 20 years, and these people are free, Hannah's missing, and so is Karen. And Karen seems to be less talked about of the two. Uh, like I said on the last show, her parents tried to report her missing, but the police wouldn't take the report saying that she's an adult, she can go missing if she wants to. Now, if at that time, when Karen went missing, because this was four months before Hannah, when Karen went missing, if they would have acted and, you know, actually done just the most basic type of investigation, maybe they could have checked that house before it got burned down. So many maybes that we'll never know. That's what I'm talking about. We need to get this Bill of Rights together. So every time a person is, you know, reported missing, the same steps are followed. The most basic of investigations are done. I don't know. It just, it kills me. I think that's what I'm going to work on this week is talking to some of the families and seeing if we can get something together so this doesn't happen anymore. Police need to have some type of evidence pointing to the fact that somebody's a runaway. Not just, oh, they're poor, they're a foster kid, they were a drug user. None of that bullshit. We need, you know, you need evidence. You can't just claim that and then not lift a finger to help these people. So, I don't know. I'm going to get that a little bit more together as the week goes on and uh, see what we can come up with. Hopefully we can get stuff changed. Because if it doesn't, more people are going to keep going missing. And more people are going to get away with hurting other people and being predators. So, don't ever tell your kids monsters don't exist. Because they absolutely do. And they're humans. And one of the things that kind of annoys me is when people say the phrase like, Oh my god, they're just so horrible. They're acting like an animal. I'm sorry, but animals aren't malicious. Animals just go on instinct to survive. They're not horrible, torturing thing, you know, they don't torture people. They don't have that malicious streak that people have. They don't have that weird demon that those serial killers get. So, don't ever compare animals and people. Animals are just so much better. Anyway, sorry about that little rant. <laughs> um, so, I don't know what we should do, guys. Uh, I would love to go up there. Like I keep saying, I'm about to go on vacay. Well, shit, I was about to go on vacay up there in like a month or two. But who knows, since it's like day 14 of the apocalypse, I have no idea what's going to be happening with my vacation up there. So I would love to talk to the police. They have a new sheriff in McLeod, and 
he seems like he really wants to clear out his cold cases. I think when I checked, there was four cold cases, like four missing people in this county, in Siskiyou County. So, I don't know. Maybe now that the new guy's in and the old guy is out, something can happen. Like I said before, they believe that people know what happened and they're just afraid to talk. If you're listening to this and you were there that night and you know what happened to her, please let somebody know. You can email me at vanishedinthevalley at gmail.com or check out my Facebook page or Instagram. Just let us know and I won't even say your name. You can talk to... I can give you references for my confidentiality. (laughs) Um, Just let somebody know. We want to bring peace to the families. These women deserve proper burials. And I'm sure it's a heavy load to carry around knowing that, you know, you witnessed a child, a 15-year-old girl be killed and just wrapped up in carpet like she was just garbage or a throwaway. Nobody is a throwaway. Okay, guys? I mean, that's actually kind of been the goal all along with Vanished in the Valley is to keep these people's names out there and to stir it up, get people talking about them. And that happened in Reading. And I, I saw a lot of people tuned in for that Reading episode from Reading. And I hope they, the person that was responsible for Heather's death or vanishing hears it one day and grows a conscience and comes forward. Maybe the same can happen with Hannah and Karen. And if you guys are curious uh, to see what Hannah and Karen look like, I did put their pictures up on my Facebook page and on the Instagram page. Um, And I think I did some new shout-outs. I think Salinas, California, joined the club. Um, I'm noticing the UK is blowing up. Lots of cities are tuning in there. So, guys, if we get 10 or more subscribers from your city, I'm going to feature you all the way out in the UK. That's awesome. That's what's up. I don't know how Vanish in the Valley suddenly became so popular over there, but that is awesome. What's up, UK? So, yeah, basically, if I get 10 or more subscribers from your city, I will feature your city and a missing person, tell them a little bit about them, and I put them on our Facebook as well as our Instagram and give you guys a little shout-out. Um, I also wanted to give a shout-out to Courtney. What's up, girl? I appreciate what you did. Check this out, guys. So on my Facebook page, it's not even mine, on the podcast's Facebook page, I keep getting these pervy men, like, being so inappropriate. They, like, were leaving their phone number for me on the picture of a missing woman, and Courtney there had my back and went and told this guy off, just basically, like, what are you doing? This is for a missing person. Go away. So that's what's up. Thank you. I appreciate that, having my back there gross men. Come on now. It's like no respect. Um, But I'm finding Facebook has been an awesome tool for connecting me with people from the cities that I'm profiling the missing people from. Uh, Before I never had Facebook. I think I said that like 53 times on this show. But it's become invaluable. Uh, I was actually featuring a missing person from Paris, France. And I was like, you know, looking through the stuff and I came upon an article that said in France, they won't even accept missing person report anymore unless it's a child. If you have a missing adult, you need to do it all on your own on Facebook or whatever they use for their social media. I thought that was just kind of crazy. 
it almost seems like here, if you don't have the money, you don't have the media backing you, you get the police in the most basic ways doing an investigation. It seems like you need to hire a private detective if you actually want to get to the bottom of what happened. And especially like in the case of Hannah and Karen and even Heather, um, Heather Cameron, if they had private investigators, I bet the cases would have moved along a little bit better. But it's like, who has the money to hire a private investigator? That's super expensive. And I understand why. They have to order documents from the police, and the police will charge you every single time you order a document or getting a court document. You know, that stuff's not free. And you got to drive around and eat up gas and gas money. So I get it. I get why the private detectives cost as much as they do. But it's like, if you want more information and you want to find your loved one, it's almost a necessity. And it shouldn't be that way. It's like, dude, I just looked at my paycheck and all the taxes they took out. Where are my taxes going? <laughs> to, well, oh my God. We're, okay, never mind. We're not even going on the politician's rant now. Anyway, <laughs> it shouldn't be that you need money to, you know, get answers when a loved one goes missing. Everyone should have equal t- treatment under the law. But, as we all know, that doesn't always happen, unfortunately. So, guys, I have some super good news. So, check this out. Anderson Police Department busted a human trafficking ring that spanned three North State counties. Um, It was called Operation Broken Promise. And, basically, what happened was a citizen complained, and they did a whole undercover operation... And they found that there was multiple women that were being forced to do sex acts for money. And these women had to do it from the time they woke up to the time they went to sleep. The police basically described them as indentured sexual servants. Can you imagine? Ew, God, can you just imagine how horrible that would be? So I hope the women can go on and get counseling and try to get some of their life back now that they're away from these sex traffickers. I, just, I can't even imagine. They got a rough road ahead, but today's a new start, and hopefully they can put one foot in front of the other and leave this horrible lifestyle behind and not look back. But anyways, the police broke it up. There's going to be charges, four counts of pimping, one count of pandering, 53 counts of money laundering, and this is awesome. Their bail right now is set at $1 million. So, uh, I'm happy law enforcement is taking this seriously, um, but they really took it down. So, in Shasta County, there was six different uh, massage parlors they busted. In Butte County, it looks like there is five. So, you know, that's a lot of people, and that's not even all. There's other ones I didn't even list right now. So, they brought the women, the victims, to a center for, you know, sex trafficking victims. So, the women are at a shelter right now, and I'm hoping they can get some counseling and hopefully get to their families. Maybe try to lead a normal life and get past this horrible shit that's happened to them. But, up top to the Vanished in the Valley people that gave me these tips, you were right on. And double up top to the police for taking care of these disgusting humans and putting them out of business. So, check this out, guys. I kind of have an update on Kenny's, like, Luciferian 
uh, ring of people that are doing like the child sex abuse, that whole thing we've been talking about. So I found an article on a website called Independent Sentinel, and it was written by Paul Dowling. So let me just read a quote to you, and this quote is from Australian Prime Minister Scott Morrison, and it was October of 2018, and he's addressing the matter of child ritual abuse. Enemies in our midst. Enemies in our midst. The enemies of innocence, the crimes of ritual sexual abuse happened in schools, churches, youth groups, scout troops, orphanages, foster homes, sporting clubs, group homes, charities, and in-family homes as well. So he's just kind of acknowledging what is going on, and it seems like not a lot of politicians here, and not even the media, covered any of this. So in this article, the headline reads, Unholy Grail, Adrenochrome, the White Rabbit Elixir Pursued by Black-Hearted Elites. Basically, what adrenochrome is, is like, I never even knew if it was real, but it's like this mythological drug that they say rich people get from, I guess, human brains, from the pineal gland. And I guess the way to extract the most of this hormone slash drug is to terrorize the person first. So that includes torturing, sexual abuse, all of that. And it's the strongest in children. So apparently, I mean, I don't even know if it's a myth still or not. According to this article, it's real, and it happens, and it's such an expensive drug that it's kind of just relegated to the elites, these Luciferians that we've decided to call them. So, I don't know, go check out the article. I'm going to post it on our Facebook and the Instagram. Actually, not the Instagram. You can't put links for some reason. But I'll definitely put it up on Facebook. I think it's worth a read. Read it and make your own decision. Um, but it's kind of backing up what Ken has been saying about these groups of Luciferians that are kidnapping children, sexually abusing them, killing them, and apparently extracting this drug. Now, I don't know if, if anybody's ever seen Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, but they actually talk about that drug. <laughs> it's the scene when they're in the hotel room, like, completely blitzed out of their mind. And if you haven't seen that movie, just check it out. Benicio Del Toro, Johnny Depp, back in, like, the 90s. Mm-hmm, tasty. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Do your research on it. I never, I, I can't say if it's real or not. I've heard about it for, like, 15 years. So, check out uh, the article. Check out that website I told you about, Independent Sentinel. Um, it's definitely worth a read. It's It's crazy. So, Ken, you may be onto something, honey bun. Are you lost? 